Good evening, TPC family, and welcome again to our week three of the Road to Easter series. Uh, we covered uh, two parts so far. Last week, we talked about walking with the Master. Um, there were three specific areas we covered last week. I hope you had a chance to uh, view that message. If not, you can go back into the archives on our website or here on Facebook and, and take a look at that. But this week, we want to continue in this series. Now, if you remember, in this series, we are walking with the disciples on the road to Emmaus in the book of Luke, chapter 24. <clears throat> we are looking at their experience with Jesus as they walk along this road and how their perspective has changed and, and how their encounter with God and the Word of God changes not only their perspective, but it, it, it begins to transform their life right there on this road. And that's exactly what we want to experience in our walk with the Lord. We want to have that transforming encounter with Jesus so that when we are uh, walking with Jesus, we, we see a different perspective than we had before. We see things from his perspective and we encounter a transformation that, that changes not just what we see, but it changes who we are. It, it transforms us from the inside out and helps us become the person God has created us to be. You know, we say here at Turning Point Church that we're all created on purpose for a purpose. And ultimately, the, the goal and the most fulfilling, fulfilling aspect of life is to live out our purpose. But to do that, we need to have that transforming encounter with Jesus, not just in salvation, but in the aspect of being transformed, being changed, constantly renewed into that person God created us to be. So that's what we're looking at on this in this series on the road to Easter as we follow along the, the road to Emmaus with these disciples here in Luke 24. So I'm going to pick up again in Luke 24. It'll be starting in verse 28. That's where we left off last week. But before I do, let's uh, let's open in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, just, of all, just first of all, for who you are. Lord, I thank you for this transforming power of Jesus Christ that is available to us today. And, and tonight, Father, as we... As we read through your word and we see the encounter these disciples had with Jesus, Lord, I just pray uh, in Jesus' name, Lord, that each and every one of us would have that same type of encounter. So tonight, as we learn how to grow in our walk with you, I pray for each and every person, Lord, that you would give them ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, that you would give them uh, just a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, your ways, your purposes and in how much you love them. And I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as I mentioned last week, we talked about the the aspect of walking with the Master and how important it was to walk with Jesus and what can happen in our lives when we do. This week, I want to take it one step further, and I want to talk about walking in the light. So as we learn to walk with Jesus, we can learn to walk in the light. And what does that mean? And that's what I want to look at tonight. So we're going to pick up again here in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 28. So if you if you have your Bibles there with, with you, I'll be reading just a couple of verses, verses 28 through 32. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, so it may be a little different than what you're reading. So let me start here in verse 28. 
Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? That's a pretty powerful encounter right there with Jesus. And that's the type of encounter I want you to be able to have. I want to have, I think all of us want to have a an encounter with Jesus that that opens our eyes, that brings revelation into our lives and puts us in a position to be transformed by that encounter. That's exactly what I want to focus on tonight. There's specifically three things that I want to point out in regards to the disciples' encounter with Jesus in this section of Luke chapter 24. And here are those three things. I want to talk about information versus revelation. That's number one. Number two, overcoming sin sickness and then number three your gospel identity so let's start here with number one information versus revelation it's really interesting what the disciples say here at the very end of this particular passage in this part of the story here in luke in verse 32 one of the disciples says and they said to one another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Now, they were familiar with the scriptures and they were familiar with the prophecies and all of that concerning Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. But their eyes had been hidden from the truth. And they were, their eyes, in fact, were hidden from the reality of who Jesus was. They didn't recognize him as he was walking along this this roadway with them, it it didn't happen until right here as they're they're sharing in the breaking of the bread. It says that their eyes were opened and they knew him. One of the things we have to realize when it comes to spiritual matters, uh, spiritual truth, the Bible, those types of things, is that we are all spiritually blind. Now, salvation puts us in a, in a position to where we can have our eyes opened. Now, obviously, our eyes have been opened to the glory of God within Jesus in the gospel. But even beyond that, we need God to open our eyes to spiritual truth. First uh, Corinthians 2.14 tells us that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And here's what Paul's saying in this in this verse, is that the natural man, we don't have in and of our own ability, the ability to understand spiritual things. They have to be revealed to us from God. And, and that's what God does through the Holy Spirit. You know, whenever you go to the Bible and, and you read of something and, and it just sort of comes alive, if you will, or it sort of jumps out at you or if you read something, man, I've never seen that before. What that is, is the Holy Spirit opening your spiritual eyes, so to speak. It's the Holy Spirit revealing spiritual truth to you because 
We are spiritually blind and we are completely dependent on the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to us. That's why when the disciples are walking with Jesus along the road, they can't see in the sense of who he really is. They don't recognize him. It wasn't until, excuse me, their eyes were opened that they recognized who he was. Now, who opened their eyes? Well, of course, it was the Holy Spirit that opened their eyes. That's what we need. We need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. But that's that's not a one-time thing. That is an ongoing process. As we grow in our walk with the Lord, as we spend more time in the Word, as we spend more time with Jesus, we put ourselves in a position for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and we can we can experience those things and see the truth of the Word of God. So we are completely dependent on the Holy Spirit in order for us to experience revelation. Now, there's a big difference between information and revelation. We may know the information of the word, such as doctrine and theology and those type of things, but unless the Holy Spirit opens our minds, we can't truly understand the spiritual nature of it. This is exactly what we see with the Pharisees when Jesus shows up and, and they knew the scriptures, but they didn't have the spiritual wisdom that the scriptures could offer. And that's the big difference. Just because we know doctrine and theology doesn't necessarily mean we know spiritual truth. Uh, it's sort of like um, a, the difference between knowing facts and knowing the truth. Let me give you an illustration. When I was a, a police officer, I was a police officer with Fort Worth for 10 years. Uh, I remember this one time uh, the dispatcher uh, made a broadcast on, on our uh, radio that there was a vehicle on I-35 on the shoulder of I-35 that had hit or run over a pedestrian. So, you know, several of us went out, you know, running lights and sirens trying to get there, you know, because somebody was in danger. And there were several more calls that would come in, people saying, yeah, we, you know, we saw this, this car on the side of the road and there was uh, feet, we could see the feet underneath the car. Uh, obviously, there's somebody underneath the car got run over. Well, we get up there and, you know, sure enough, there's a car and there's feet sticking out from underneath the car, but there's a couple other people just standing around and they didn't seem to be uh, distraught. They, you know, they didn't have the attitude you would expect uh, of uh, people who would just witness somebody being run over. So we get up there and we talk to a few people and we say, what's going on? And sure enough, the feet that are underneath the car start scooting out and this guy comes out from underneath the car. And we're like, uh, what are you doing? He said, oh, you know, there's uh, something broken underneath that I'm just trying to fix. Well, here's the reality. The people who were driving by saw the facts. They saw a car on the side of the road. They saw feet underneath the car, but they didn't know the truth. They interpreted the facts into a truth that they thought was true, that, hey, somebody got run over. But that was not the truth. The truth was there was a car that was broken down. The driver was underneath the car trying to fix the car. It's the same thing here when it comes to doctrine, theology, and, and the information of the word. We may know the information of the word, but it takes revelation to know the truth of the word. 
And the only person who can give us revelation is the Holy Spirit. And that requires us to put ourselves in a position to receive that on an ongoing basis. And part of that is we, we abide in Jesus. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, the importance of abiding in Jesus and being in that word. So we are totally dependent on the Holy Spirit in order to reveal the truth of the word of God to us. And, and it's not an aspect of, of intellectual ability. I mean, you can have an IQ of 2 million and you're still not going to be able to understand the spiritual truth of the word without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that's true for all of us. So that's the difference between information and revelation. And just like these disciples on the road to Emmaus, they had the information of what had happened, that Jesus had died, he was buried, maybe he was resurrected, we're not sure, we heard rumors. Um, but from their perspective, the facts that they knew, they thought revealed a truth that it was over, that the the hope of Israel just didn't come through. But that was not the truth. It took revelation from the Holy Spirit to show them what the real truth was. That yes, those facts were accurate, but the truth was that the Holy Spirit that the, the Holy Scriptures prophesied that whole thing, that Jesus needed to go through all of that in order to be the hope of Israel. So that's why we need revelation over information. And that's the difference between information and revelation. That's number one. Number two, we also need to overcome our sin sickness. What do I mean by sin sickness? Now, here, here's the thing. You know, before we're, we become Christians, before we come to know the Lord, uh, we have this sin nature within us, this sin core. Uh, and, and we are, what, what the Bible says is spiritually dead. In that spiritual deadness, that sin reigns supreme over us. It, it basically drives all our emotions. It drives our thoughts. It drives our, our decisions uh, in ways that we're not even aware of. Well, when we, when we come to Jesus in the gospel and we accept that free gift of salvation for the very first time, our spirit is made alive through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God takes that sin core out and replaces it with the truth and righteousness of Jesus. Uh, this is why Paul says uh, in Corinthians that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus takes that sin out, replaces it with his righteousness. Now that occurs in our spirit, but our soul is still infected with that old sin pattern, those old sinful thoughts, those old sinful habits, those old sinful um, emotions, and all those different things. So that's the sin sickness I'm talking about, is all that old pattern that still exists in our soul. And part of discipleship is the transformation of our soul with the truth that now exists in our spirit. But that transformation is not a passive activity. It's something that requires us to be actively involved in. And one of the things that we need to be actively involved in is being in, in, engaged with the Word of God every day. Why is that so important? Well, let me read you a verse out of the book of Hebrews. It's one of my favorite verses. It's Hebrews 4.12 that says, for the Word of God is living and powerful. Now, some, some translations say living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, what does that mean? Hebrews 4.12, one of my favorite verses, 
is telling us that the Word of God is spiritually alive. It's like spiritual medicine. And the more we get the Word of God into us, the more it gets out of our spirit and into our soul the truth of the righteousness that is there. It overcomes that sin sickness. It's sort of like spiritual medicine. This is why it is so, so important to be in the Word of God every single day. Uh, and I don't mean that in a perfectionist sense that, oh, if you miss a day, then you blew the whole thing. That's what I mean. I mean consistently. Just be consistent in, in reading the Word of God every day. That's why here at Turning Point, we're so big on promoting a one-year Bible reading plan because it, it tells you what to read every day. You don't have to guess. And it also gets you through the entire Bible every year. And it's a great way to develop that habit of being in the Word of God every single day. I've been doing that for years uh, myself because it's like spiritual medicine and it brings healing to your soul. It, it overcomes that sin sickness, those old lies that we believe about ourselves, about God, about reality, all that. All that stuff needs to be overcome. And it's a spiritual sickness, so it needs some sort of spiritual medicine. And that's what the Word of God does it, it it overcomes that now the the second part there of hebrews 4:12 tells us that the word of god is a revealer or a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart what does that mean well when the word of god gets in us what happens is it begins to reveal a lot of those old lies that we believe about ourselves about god about others that we don't even know are there that old sin sickness, it's sort of like a spiritual x-ray that God brings to the surface. So, you know, here are the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're believing things about Jesus and, and reality that they don't even realize. Well, Jesus brings that sort of to the surface to show them what they're believing is incorrect. What they're believing is a lie. They believe it's over. They believe that Jesus has been defeated, but that is a lie. And he brings to the surface, okay, here's what you're believing, but here's the reality of the truth of that situation. And they're two different things. And we need Jesus to do that for us as well. The reality of what we're believing about God, about ourselves, about others. And again, it's sort of like that spiritual x-ray. The Holy Spirit, through the power of the word, brings those things to the surface. Now, God doesn't do that to um, to condemn us. He does it to heal us. It's like going to the doctor. If you go to the doctor and the doctor shows you an x-ray, and on that x-ray the doctor points out, hey, you got this this spot here on your lung, or we see this, this mass showing up somewhere, you know, near your liver or whatever. You know, the doctor doesn't point that out and, and say, boy, you're a loser for having this stuff in you. What's wrong with you? If your doctor does that, you need a new doctor. The point of the doctor pointing those things out to you is not to condemn you, it's to heal you. And that's exactly what God wants to do. He wants to bring healing to our soul by bringing this stuff to the surface in a spiritual x-ray, so to speak, so that he can bring healing to our life. And the other thing that God uses is the circumstances of our life, sort of like a laboratory that God works in to work these things out. So again, you know, like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus entered into the reality of their circumstances, what was going on around them and in them, and he brought clarity to that. He brought revelation to that. So there's a lot of things that occur in our lives 
that God enters into the circumstances, you know, the difficulties, the pain, and and the just the things that happen to us in life. God enters into those things, uses them to bring transformation in our lives. Uh, it's sort of what I call the laboratory of life, where God uses that laboratory to transform us into the person he's called us to be. So that's the aspect of overcoming sin sickness. So we've talked about, uh, number one, information versus revelation, how important it is to know the difference and why revelation is so important. Uh, number two, we've talked about overcoming our sin sickness, that th we have the sin sickness in us. We need the spiritual medicine of the word of God to transform that and allow God to bring things to the surface that need to be healed in our lives. And then finally, the last last point I want to make tonight in regards to walking in the light is your gospel identity. Now, we, we touched on that here in number two a minute ago, but when you encounter Jesus in the gospel, when you invite him into your life and you accept that free gift of salvation, Jesus radically transforms your identity. Now, identity is the absolute foundation of our life because identity drives everything. Identity drives your character and character drives your behavior. So if you've got an issue as far as bad habits or, or behaviors that you want to you want to change, well, your behavior is a function of your character and your character is a function of your identity. So if you've got a behavior problem, it's going to be rooted all the way down into your identity. And ultimately, there's really only two identities we can have. That's the identity of a victim or the identity of a victor. Because of sin, we all have, to one degree or another, the identity of a victim. We think like a victim, and that's exactly what we see uh, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They're thinking like victims. It's over. You know, we thought Jesus was going to be the answer and nothing's going to change. You know, our lives are no different than they were three years ago. And it's all over. It's, you know, it's hopeless. Well, that's the thought pattern of a victim. And it's important to understand what your identity is because your identity is what drives your perspective. The lens through which you look at your circumstances uh, the lens through which you look at life in general will determine your perspective. Well, in the case of the disciples here, obviously they were looking through the lens of a victim because they all they saw was defeat. Well, it's the same thing for us. You know, when we look at the circumstances of our lives, when we look at what has happened in our lives, too often we look at those things through the victim through the lens of a victim, and it, it distorts how we see the facts. It distorts how we view truth. And we we tend to make decisions based on a distorted reality rather than based on the truth of the Word of God, based on the truth of the gospel identity we've been given. Here's the reality of the gospel identity. You don't have to earn your way into favor with God. You are give you have been given favor with God because of Jesus. If, if you accept that free gift of salvation, you have been made worthy, you have been made righteous, and you are fully worthy of God's love and accepted by God without hesitation. 
And it's not based on what you've done, are doing, or ever will do. It is solely based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where our victor identity comes from. It's, it's, a, it's an identity that we've been given freely by Jesus. The problem is our old sin nature, that old sin sickness that exists in, our, in the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act, still causes us to think like a victim. And until that transformation takes place and we truly look through the lens of a victor, then we're going to struggle as we walk through this life. Because when circumstances happen, you know, like COVID, when COVID hit and people got locked down and all of a sudden they're isolated from everybody else, what happens is if you're looking at that through the lens of a, of a victim, man, it just magnifies how bad the circumstance is. A loneliness gets, gets worse. Depression gets worse. All those things. That's not to deny the reality of our situation or of our problems by any stretch of the imagination. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when you look at these things through the lens of a victim, it just magnifies those things in a negative sense versus when Jesus came along side these disciples and gave them a whole new perspective of the facts of the circumstances, it changed everything because they were no longer looking through the lens of a victim. They were now looking through the lens of a victor, but Jesus didn't change the circumstances and he didn't change the facts. He just changed their perspective and a perspective change ultimately is a change in viewing life through a different identity. And as, as a Christian, we of all people have the right to view life through the lens of a victor. And, and I hope you, you begin to see that tonight. And that's why it's so important to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that truth in the word. You know, part of the revelation is a revelation of who you are. It's a revelation of your identity in Christ. Uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has come to convict us, uh, convict the world of judgment and, and sin, but it's all, but he also comes to convict of righteousness. When was the last time you were convicted of your righteousness? When was the last time you looked in the mirror and went, man, here's one righteous person. I'm telling you, because it's true. You are righteous because of the gospel. It has nothing to do with your abilities. It has nothing to do with what you've done, what's been done to you, or what you will do. It's all based solely on Jesus. And that's why it's so important to understand your gospel identity. So those are the three things that, that I just wanted to pull out from, from these passages tonight. In this particular section, as the disciples walk along the road to uh, Emmaus, they have this final encounter here with Jesus where their eyes are opened. And these things I want us to remember. Number one, the difference between information and revelation and why revelation is so important. Number two, the importance of overcoming our sin sickness with the power of the word of God. And then finally, number three, understanding our gospel identity, that we are victors in Jesus' name, and no longer victims. And when we allow these three things, 
and, and really grasp these three things, we too can have our eyes opened and we can have our entire perspective changed because of Jesus. And that's transformation right there that is available to all of us. So I hope you enjoyed this week uh, as we continue in this series. Next week is our final week in this series, and we're going to talk about walking in victory. This is a really important one because it really builds on the other three, especially this week. Because once you once you understand revelation, overcoming sin sickness, and walking in your gospel identity, uh, and, and looking at life as a victor, walking in victory is just a natural outflow of those things. But we'll talk about that next week. Uh, I just want to thank you for being with us. Uh, if you're um, if you're a part of Turning Point Church, we're so glad you, you are partners with us here. And if you're not, we just thank you for tuning in. And speaking of partners, we're, we're so grateful for our financial partners here at Turning Point Church because without your financial partnership, we wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't be able to expand the truth of the Word of God here on Facebook and all across the country through the many other platforms that the Lord has given us. And if you've never had the opportunity to be a financial partner, I want to give that to you tonight. You know, there's three ways you can partner with us here at Turning Point Church. You can give online at tpcfamily.org slash give. You can text the word give to 817-617-4378. Or you can mail us here at Turning Point Church, 10,700 Old Burleson Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76140. So let me pray for you as we close and we prepare to walk in victory. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for just the gospel identity. Lord, I just, it's just such a privilege to be able to be called your son and your daughter. And Lord, I pray for each and every person that they would just grasp that understanding. I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal the truth of the identity you have given them in the gospel. And Lord, tonight I hope each and every person will be encouraged to, to be in your word, allow you to transform them, and just trust that your perspective is one of truth, one of hope, and one of victory. And Father, I just thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thanks for being here, and I look forward to seeing you next week as we complete our series, The Road to Easter.